This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. I hope you've had a good week. Mine has been both challenging and interesting. As I've said before, with alpacas, you never know quite what is coming next. You'll remember that I told you about Lewis, the unexpected career arrival. Well, in this episode, I have an update and some sad news. As unexpectedly as he arrived, he unexpectedly left. Four days old and small. The weather had been variable with some rain in the night, so I left his coat on to protect him. In the morning I took it off and all seemed well. He was running around and feeding and all the usual things. There were a couple of points in the day when I noted him and his presence, but not in close detail. Come the evening, I came to feed the group of females and careers and discovered his mother did not come across the car park to the stable for her feed. I therefore made up a small bucket and took it over for her to discover Lewis was in trouble. He was floppy and couldn't stand and was obviously not well. Around his mouth and nose, his lips and nose and inside his mouth, there was a bright red colouring which is never a good sign. Kind of an angry red. I checked him over, gave him some water in case it was mainly dehydration I was seeing, but it wasn't. There was more saliva than normal, so he had a damp chin, and his eyes were very moist. I immediately took his temperature, which was 37.6 centigrade. In fact, marginally low for what you often find in Korea. They tend to run at what you might consider slightly hot, as they're normal. Eventually, after much investigation and trying to determine the best and quickest action to take, I discovered on one rear foot, between the toes, there were some small maggots. He was the victim... A fly strike, but between the toes. Obviously, anywhere is possible, but I have never known it between the toes and on a career like this. I quickly applied the appropriate spray for fly strike and physically removed the offending maggots. There were only six, and they were not that large. However, there was evidence of a wound where they had been as a result of maggot activity, and this could easily have been the source of septicemia developing. The red in and around the mouth and the eyes, etc., is a typical sign of this. And usually there would be a high temperature as well. Newborn, four days old, without an active immune system. Just passive immunity from the mother's colostrum. Sadly, he just didn't have the reserves or the ability to fight off the infection. We contacted the vet immediately, but Lewis failed quite quickly. And it became obvious he was beyond treatment. This is never an easy decision, but sometimes... A peaceful passing is better than a lot of futile and aggressive intervention. We moved him over to the small stable and made him as comfortable as possible, and kept the mother in with him. I also stayed around and checked on him regularly until he passed. I was considering not mentioning any of this, because it's not the nice, newborn, fluffy alpaca story, and I guess that some of you would have preferred that I hadn't said anything. However, loss is also part of the full responsibility and experience of keeping livestock, including alpacas. The herd, and particularly his mother, all knew what was going on. 
it's fascinating to watch the behaviour of a group of alpacas when something like this happens. The depth of understanding and care and sensitivity always surprises me. There's a collective grief. Having been up with them until the early hours, I was not sure how this first time mum would be in the morning. I went down to give them breakfast and she was okay but was clearly looking for him and continues on occasion to do so when she sees me, scanning the field, just looking for any movements, checking whether she can see him. She's coped and adjusted incredibly well. The rest of the group were a bit flat the day after, but have now settled and returned to normal. It's always difficult when you lose an alpaca, and I think it should be. I don't think I ever want to get to the stage where it's just one of those things if you know what I mean. I think that should apply to keeping any livestock. Sometimes we can lose sight of the individual animal. Having said that, I'm not suggesting we over-sentimentalise keeping animals, but recognise the balance between care and responsibility, between life and death. Whenever anything major happens like this, a loss or a near miss, I always want to learn something from it. Maybe this is just a feeling of wanting to get something positive out of a negative situation, but I believe it's also important to learn from all things all the time so that we can continually improve our care for our animals and certainly not make the same mistake twice. Sometimes situations and circumstances are outside of our control, but we should always do what we can. In this case... I've not had any previous experience of fly strike between the toes. It was unexpected. So what could have been the cause or the attraction for the flies? It is possible it was a small piece of membrane that remained from the birth. Or maybe that he stood in something that was attractive to the flies, for example, some dung. At the point of birth, it's a balance between intervention and not interfering. In the future, I will certainly be checking that all of the membrane has come off at least by the end of the day. With fly strike, there is a distinctive smell and a dark, greasy stain near the site. Neither of those things was present on this occasion. Given the time of year and the weather, fly strike is a distinct possibility. Though much less common in alpacas, it is certainly more than a theoretical possibility. Extra vigilance is needed for both Korea and adults, particularly before shearing when things can be hidden by the volume of fleece. But also, be aware of the mix of heat and moisture which can provide ideal conditions for fly strike. There are also warnings on various websites and, and in alpaca groups, which we should take note of and actively check so that we are informed. Details are in the show notes. The general principle of being observant and paying attention applies throughout the year, particularly in times of more extreme weather and also when you have young animals around. Always know what is normal from your usual observations so that anything out of the ordinary will stand out. Be curious and investigate even slight suspicions. This only takes a moment but can make all the difference in catching something early enough to deal with it. It also highlights the potential value in keeping records of things. Individual animals are different, and some are more susceptible to particular problems than others. 
this is useful to know for that individual animal, but also their offspring. It is also important to recognise patterns of annual conditions on your land. These are all things for the alpaca keeper's toolbox. On a lighter note, the other Cree are doing well and learning to play and explore. They now recognise the feeding routine, and while the adults are feeding, they tend to form groups that play, chase and investigate food balls. Mostly this is playing with the food rather than eating it, but some of the older ones have been a bit more adventurous. The sunny weather has brought opportunity for sunbathing, and the Cree do seem able to arrange themselves in a wide variety of positions. They regularly will spend the afternoon on a bank, where there's some in the shade of the trees, while others prefer the full sun. Thank goodness for my new binoculars and being able to check on them from a distance. I'm not sure that I'm cut out for summer. The grass continues to grow nicely, and the brambles are becoming covered in flowers, the harbinger of a blackberry harvest to come. The Korea seem to have an interest in the Canada geese, and sometimes their inquisitiveness produces the game of hiss and chase. The geese have now grown to the point where they'll be leaving soon, and I'm sure the alpacas will be quite relieved. So Betsy's daughter, Angharad, firstborn, she, she's doing well. She's looking like she's got long, rather thick or dense fleece, which is nice to see. Lovely, lovely colour. So black mum and a, hmm, probably a mid-fawn colouring. Very pretty, very interested. She keeps coming close enough to have a little look and a little sniff. She stands and stares at me. So she's a sweetie. And then there's Betsan, who sticks quite close to her mum. And partly because the mum's always shouting, calling her in. So Emilia is very vocal, as I've mentioned before. But Betsan is doing well. And one of the problems is she's, she's kind of an off-white, which is slightly helpful. But we have a number that are a similar colour, sort of white, just off-white. <laughs> and it becomes a challenge to work out, now which one's this one? I mean, they've got to turn around. So... Uh, and Harry's all right, because she's a different colour. Betsan is just a bit off-white and quite quite tall. So she's she's uh, occasionally mixed up with Dylan, who is a similar colouring, obviously male-female, but you've got to lift a tail to check that. Um, they also play slightly differently, the males and females. But So there's Betsan, and then we have Carwin. Carwin's got amazing, he's a bit smaller, he's got amazing curly fleece. He's son of Nona. But definite curls... And so at the moment we can spot him and he's, he's quite dark markings around his eyes and, and nose. So he's okay for spotting and he's doing well. He's a, he's a runner and a chaser and a bumper. <laughs> there's, a, there's a phrase up north in the northeast of England where I come from originally, a long time back. And when you're playing with, with kids in the playground, there's sometimes there's a, uh, somebody bumps into somebody else and the, the cry comes up, Divin Duncious. A dunch is kind of a, it's a good word, isn't it? Dunch. It's, it's kind of like a, a push and a shove combination thing. So different dunches. I can imagine the alpacas saying that if they could say that with a Spanish accent. Anyway, so yeah, the, the, the males and females do play slightly differently. And that becomes more exaggerated as they get a bit older. So yeah, that's Carwin is fairly clingy to his mum, but not, not too bad. 
Dylan is lovely. He's just got such a, a laid back, chilled sense about him, which is nice. He's a lovely, just uh, cream kind of colour, so it's off white. It's a light, very light form, and is delightful and is growing. Now, I didn't mention about Carmen. His, his he was small. He was a real small thing, but he seems to have grown. His legs are getting longer, and that's so quick, really. But there we go. So he's he's making good progress, which is nice. And Dylan is stretching a bit as well, but he always was quite tall. And then we've got Eva. Eva is a sweetie, little white one. Yona is her mum. And then Fleur. Fleur is... Well, how do we tell these are different apart? Because they're, they're close in colour, close in size. So Eva for the eyebrows. She's got a little, little thing going on with her eyebrows. She's got these kind of hairy projections about halfway through <laughs> through the eyebrow that's is it eyelashes it's not quite eyelashes it's kind of eyebrow but it's sort of so that's okay till it's wet and then then they get flattened down and you can't tell her tell the difference then but uh, so eva with the eyebrows and then we've got fleur fleur's got the furrowed brow so that's the way i do it she's got a definite look that kind of comes together and there's a similar kind of thing with the the fleece on on her mother's that's uh rosslyn uh on her forehead as well so there's there's a couple of things there which just give a bit of indication but they've got to turn around you've got to be able to see them face on to sort that one out then we've got Gwentlian. Gwentlian is Hermione's little girl oh gorgeous some lovely fleece and she's she's quite quite petite really she's actually quite small we're keeping an eye on her because she's a potential risk just need to uh, older mum and just need to keep an eye and make sure she's getting enough milk and she's growing on nicely but uh, she's a sweetie and she's got some nice fleece to come. And then we've got Hunneth. Hunneth, or also frequently referred to as Dit. There's a word in Welsh which is for small, kind of really, the, the, you know, the little small one, yeah, Dit. So she's a bit of a Dit. <laughs> so little Dit is, uh, She's doing well. She oh, she does not fly around when she wants it. She is so fast. She's got a glorious honey-coloured fleece. So she's mid, almost dark fawn. But oh, some of the curls and small, which is a worry. But she's doing well. She's doing well, and uh, she does tear around. So that's Ellie, who's her mum, and Ellie's first time uh, mum this this time around. So again, we're just keeping our eyes on it and. Sometimes you think, oh, I wish they'd feed a bit more. and But she seems to be doing okay. So we'll, we're pleased. And so that's Hanneth. And then we've got Millie's daughter, Ivanwi. Ivanwi is a lovely black. She's got quite long legs. She's going to be, going to be tall, I think. Uh, quite similar to her half-sister. Or her, yeah, actually, full sister, thinking about it. Same sire. And... Um, there's two years between them, so a lot of growing to do. But she's a sweetie. She sticks very close to mum. Mum tends to, Millie will tend to take her off uh, on her own quite often. So she's a little bit more distinct from the other group when they're playing. But uh, she'll she'll mix in. They'll be okay. So that's what's happening with the career. Yeah, there we go. So it's a sad miss losing. But it's a delight to have the ones we do have. So we carry on and we will hopefully see you again soon. Look forward to catching up with you next time. If you've got anything by way of news or questions, do drop me a line. Steve at alpacatribe.com or you can use the link on the website 
which will allow you to leave a direct voicemail message on the website. And we could then actually play your question on the show. Now, that might put you off, I know, but yeah, you don't have to necessarily have it on the show. But it'd be great to hear from you. Do drop me a line. Do let me know how things are going. Take care. Be safe. Enjoy your alpacas. And catch you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a good day. <laughs>